Hi, good afternoon. Welcome to a very special episode of La Magicast. Uh, I'm your host, Scott Monroe. Uh, my voice is start, starting to come together after celebrating an away win with Swindon in Bristol at the Memorial Stadium. Uh, my guest today is someone who I want to say embodied Football Italia for us in the 90s on Channel 4. I've got Jonathan Grade, um, who wrote the excellent... Golazzo, the Football Italia years. Uh, you pretty much lived the, uh, the the Football Italia years working on it. How are you, Jonathan? Very well, thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me on. It's lovely, lovely to talk about it. Yeah. Um, can you believe it's 19 and a bit years ago since the first game was transmitted? I know. It's, it is, it's unbelievable, but it's sort of... It feels so long ago, but in, in many ways, not so long ago, because just such a great time in Italian football history. It's sort of a time that probably no league has been so dominant in I don't know how long because mm-hmm. it really was the centre of, of world football and um, everyone was there the, in the passion of it, the colour of it, everything about it was um, was special in that time and it, people remember it for, for that reason. Yeah, uh, apologies. I've only read read a couple of chapters due to uh, being uh, work and uh, being away watching football games. Now <laughs> we're allowed to go to football games here in the UK, and it's with good, full crowds. It? Yeah, it's good. As as we're we're both lower league fans who are suffering. You, you suffer as a Charlton fan, and me being a Swindon Town fan. We we both suffer from our heady days probably in the in the Premier League for me in the early nineties, and for you probably as late as two thousand six maybe 2007 2007 yeah 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 and just a couple of years ago we played each other and last season in league one um i was very fascinated of like your beginning in working for football italia um about the vt and stuff like that and we exchanged a couple of dms over the weekend i just wanted to talk about first the um the italian program you had to do your yeah, your voiceover from and your cut in, not the voiceover, but the cut ins from the from yeah, the games. Yeah, it was um, it was a program called Novantesimo Minuto, which yeah. uh, meaning the ninetieth minute, which went out on Rai um, about an hour and a half after the matches had ended on Sunday afternoon. I mean, back then at the start, all nine matches would be sort of at the same time in the mm. afternoon. There was no pay TV. It was all. So we obviously had the pick of whatever match we wanted. Um, Novantesimo Minuto was a was a show that um, went out on Rai Uno in Italy, and it was basically a roughly a three minute edit of each game, and it sort of was very different from match of the day. It would be um, they throw to somebody at the ground who voice the highlights of the match, and then do a little analysis in vision at the end. But it was um, cut quite brutally by the Italian, <laughs> by Italian editors up and down the country. So it was, um, it w- I wouldn't say it was to the standards that we, we get now. Broadcast, but um, it was, um, so it was obviously all in Italian. So I, I sort of learned a few sort of footballing phrases from watching the show. And I, <laughs> I learned that, you know, about punizione, angolo, <laughs> rigore, all sorts of things like that. And so that's how I started, started sort of learning about Italian football and learning about 
um, the language. It's um, that this TV show. I think I read it ended in 2012. 2002. Oh, 2002. My apologies. Uh, the oh, the the Italian the Italian program. But yeah, Gazetta and oh god, it, we yeah. talk about Gazetta all along. Um, how frantic was it? Because I was reading on Friday night. I chose my age now that we used to go out in my mid 20s but now I've hit mid 30s I do some reading on a Friday night and play football manager before going to football on a Saturday um how frantic was it because they you said they, they would just miss stuff off like red cards um oh yeah you know, so basically crazy um, incidents yeah no they, they you know I would um I, what happened on a Monday was we cut our goals round up we had an edit on a Monday uh, it, talk about it, but we did a show for RTE in Ireland, which yeah. was uh, uh, sort of half an hour edit of the second game that week, mm. not our live game. And then it was a goals roundup at the end. And so I would, I would cut the highlights, and then um, another member of our team would go and script it. And I get a phone call. <laughs> Where's the red card in the Fiorentina <laughs> game? And it, it was, if there was an towards later years sort of from about our third season onwards there were all these games getting moved there were night games so we yeah. used to get um a play out about eight thirty in the morning of on a monday morning of the sunday night game so um there were all sorts of things that wouldn't be in there like somebody would get a really bad injury and i think we had a broken leg once which they didn't include in it and the red card they didn't include in it. so all these things we'd have to somehow then get during the week for Gazetta for the that we could drop them in in the edit for Gazetta. So um, we, if there was a red card not not shown, we'd sometimes James would um, record a show in in Rome and send it down the line the mm. red cards so we could just put that in the edit because they missed stuff out and there was no rhyme or reason to how this was done. It was pretty basic stuff. And they just, sometimes they just missed things out, which seemed very random to us. But in the end we had to sort of, um, sort of work out other ways of getting all the material we needed. And just remember, this is pre-social media. This is way, way, way before pre-social media day. So if you missed it, in the highlights, yeah. you wouldn't see it at all, would you? Or no. not at all. But now, I think, everything's on social media isn't it yeah i think while you're while sorry while you're sort of mentioning social media it's quite interesting because you would have seen back then you would have channel 4 probably would have wanted clips for for you know for facebook and twitter and instagram mm. etc they might want to these little teasers cut maybe to um about what was in the show so the only way to promote the show was sort of, was sort of um on channel 4 during other times you know they mm. would just do a little promo for football italia but everyone knew about it but there was no way of sort of um putting you know tweets or messages out on facebook because there wasn't it didn't exist there was no mm. social media at all so um it was just a very different time and people couldn't post clips of something and because it wasn't it wasn't there so it was a, sort of a very different time it actually probably helped us in a way people would watch the show because there was no they didn't know what to expect that week and oh. so they just switch it on on a saturday morning and see what what james had in store for us that week and um the fact the lack of sort of um you know sort of lack of um information 
on the show. I mean, you, you knew it was coming up, but you didn't have a clue what would be on mm. it that week. Um, added to the sort of mystique of it. And um, obviously you couldn't tweet anything. It was just, it was a different era. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, probably because uh, if you tweet stuff now, on, if you post goals now on social media, they're immediately taken down. You get a DMCA yeah. request. No, yeah, and it's just a different time. Um, I wanted to talk about the first live game uh, the yes. the 19th anniversary of it was just last month and it was a crazy game of Sampdoria 3 Lazio 3 um, yes. I think I watched the highlights of it during the first lockdown uh, so what was that April right. 2020 yeah. um, James Richardson on his YouTube channel put some lost archive stuff of Football Italia on yeah. there mm-hmm. and I watched that during lockdown Um did you expect that when you first the first game of the well, season to be chaotic I, as that? Actually, I actually didn't work on it. I did some work ah. for the first season. I actually didn't do the first season. Ah, but okay. I watched the game. I watched the game and it was really interesting because everyone had this preconception of Italian football being slow, dull, mm. um, and while it is a different tempo mainly to football in this country, it that that stereotype is. Um, I'd hope long gone. Oh yes, yeah, definitely long gone. Current day, yeah. You look at the current season. Serie A matches are averaging well over three goals a game. I mean, it's it's, it's frightening. It is just such an exciting league now. Um, but that game, that first game, was um, I think I was out during the day and I recorded it on my video machine. That's how long. Yeah, <laughs> VHS. Um, and I watched it, and it was fantastic. I mean. Mm. It, twists and turns and just and just seeing all these stars you know like Mancini Lombardo Signori it was just amazing and then obviously Gaza wasn't quite appearing at the start of the season obviously you had injury setbacks at the start um but it, it I think what sold it to so many people it was just it was you know August it was beautiful sunshine it was a you know the stadium was like bathed in sunshine, blue skies. It looked amazing. The players were amazing. It was high scoring. And it just, it was sort of Italian 90 carried on in a way because mm. so many people, I think England's success in Italian 90 had drawn so many people to football in Italy. And that first game set the tone for what was to come. I think if it had been a nil-nil first game, it wouldn't have had the same impact. But because the first game was so, so dramatic, it was, um, it helped. And, you know, the first, um, I don't know, the first seven or eight games we had were just insane amount of goals. Milan played Lazio and won 5-3 another week. It was just every week there was, um, there was excitement. And obviously that Milan team back then was um, something to behold. It was ridiculous that Milan side. I was reading about um, the the second weekend where they was it they played Pescara. Yeah, and, one five four. Yeah, and four two down. And four two down. Do you know who scored for Pescara that day? Ma- Max Allegri. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> he did. Crazy times. He went on to manage AC Milan and now is back at his second spell at Juventus. Um, I just wanted to talk about the work that went in behind the scenes I was yeah. really, it's like how chaotic was it to do a to do stuff for football italia would you start on like on a monday and then finish it on yeah. a thursday or a friday yeah so 
It's all in the book. Yes, Enjoy yes, it. yes. Basically, Monday we do this show for RTE, and then we cut the goals roundups first thing that day. So they were going in the RTE show. Then we do an edit, a short edit of our main game, and a long edit of our second game um, for RTE. Um, so that was that show. And come later in the week, we obviously have Mezzanotti and sort of our three seasons onwards. Yeah. Uh, from the start of our third season, I think. And that was basically, that That was just a long, long edit of the night game. So whatever the night game was that week, there'd be, it was like a 45-minute show, and it was just pretty much all that. Um, so the Gazetta, we'd already have cut our goals round up. We'd already have cut... Um, the edit of the what was our live game the previous week and then we do a shortened edit of the second game that was basically that was what we called our buffer so basically (laughs) the buffer was um you'd have the show cut you'd have all james's links all the features everything else cut and whatever you were left with was the buffer which was the second commentary game and so we would make that it was usually about five minutes mm. so we'd we'd cut that down at the end of the day as our last thing but you know um james would be recording in italy throughout the week he'd be he tended to try and record the newspapers as late as he possibly could because obviously stories were breaking all the time and um you know so he'd go out there and he'd, he'd write his links and he'd film his links and he'd do it we'd work out we tried to tie into our live game what the feature would be. So if it was Fiorentina, we'd do an inter- try and get into Batistuta. And back then, the, the access we got was so much easier than you get to say. So it would literally be, um, can we, this is pretty much the early days. Can we ring Fiorentina? Can we have a, um, um, no email back then, pretty much, uh, even. Um, <laughs> can we have an interview with Gabriel Batistuta, yeah, press day Thursday, come along, and you get a one-on-one with Batistuta. Mm-hmm. That's, that is what it was like at the start. Um, so then that would be sort of a preview for our live game. So Fiorentina were playing, we'd interview him. So James would then do the features, the interviews, write and record his links, then he'd do the news. And that the first... Um, I don't know, seven or eight years, we'd send them down the satellite feed on a Thursday night. But later on, we worked out it was sort of um, cheaper to send one of our team out to Rome to pick up the tapes and bring them back. Oh, wow. It, honestly, the satellite feeds were insanely expensive. So sending someone on a flight to Rome and back, picking up tapes and bringing them back will work out cheaper. <laughs> so that's what we tend to do later on. Um, the only, I mean, obviously... We, with a show like ours, there was always p- the potential for things to happen at the last minute. Like some manager would then get fired at seven o'clock on a Friday night. You know, it was just ridiculous. Um, so then we'd have to get um, one of our commentators or reporters to come in and just do a line to say so-and-so after this game, so-and-so was sacked, blah, blah. And he'd come in and drop that line in, and then we'd extend the goals round up for that game. Mm. Um, but um, on a third, we had one Thursday night. We had um, Gaza break his leg, obviously, in the training ground incident with Nesta. We that happened that Thursday yeah. after. It was quite late afternoon, and then that obviously changed the show completely. So we then had to send a crew to Princess Grace, where he was having his operation, and then we had um, we had one week. Um, 
Oh, oh yeah, the the original Ronaldo, the Brazilian one. He, I'm sure you may remember when he he broke his leg in the Italian Cup final against Lazio. Yes, when his leg completely yeah. gave way. Yeah, doing a step um, over. Yeah, um, and that happened. I remember my one of my um, assistant producers on the show texted me because she was she'd gone to Rome to pick up the tapes and she was watching the game. And she said to me, I was out at dinner, she said to me, Ronaldo injury, very bad. Oh. And it's it's awful to even look at the footage. Yeah, it's horrible. It's it's awful. Um, so stuff like that. And then suddenly you're thinking Thursday night, you've got to somehow revamp the show completely. Ronaldo breaking his leg is like suddenly the biggest story in world football. So then the top of the show is different. It's a rehash of the running order. And James obviously is out there having to either film some refilm some links or having to do some voiceover or just something to work out how we were going to do it in time. So things like that could happen at the last minute, as in any sort of sports news program, which, um, you know, which <laughs> sent running orders um, to the, um, you know, blown apart pretty much. It's it's scary that Ronaldo injury because I think that injury may have been his second in knee injury in in the space of what nine ten months and that one kept him out I think it was for eighteen months until the the end of the follow sorry uh, halfway through the following season which yeah. I think it was two thousand two thousand and one and then yeah. the World Cup was just around the corner also yeah don't ever watch that Ronaldo injury in slow motion it's um horrible. yeah and then that the following world cup after that in 2002 he was top scorer top scorer yeah and then they got the move to real madrid it's um it's crazy um i wanted to talk about your first uh your first trip and your first game um yes the, the cup final book as well yes it is yeah i just uh, i was reading that uh on friday night um Sampdoria, Sampdoria and Kona, yeah, in the cup final. How much yeah. was it a culture shock from oh watching games over here, uh, watching Charlton and watching other games from uh, in England? Because yeah. I think the Premier League was just starting in 92, 93. Yeah. How yeah. much was the, the culture difference from watching Italian football it, to English? You know what? It was, um, it was, I think it was, must have been towards the end of April. I think it was towards the end of April that, that second season and they did we did these goal of the month competitions yeah. and then we'd get four or five winners um together and we do these trips two or three times a season and i went to my first one was the end of my first season so in sort of uh in 1994 um and it was the italian cup final and it was Sampdoria against ancona who were in serie b and it was nil-nil from the first leg in Ancona. It was nil-nil at halftime in Genoa. And Sampdoria won 6-1. I mean, it was it was a complete eye-opener to Italian football because the colour and the singing and mm. the chanting and you name it. And these players were just, you know, there was one there was one goal Sampdoria scored, which took with the ball. Um, he threw it out to Lombardo who ran the length of the pitch at God knows what speed for crossing into, um, I think it was um, Hullet with a header or it was something along those lines. And it was just the speed of it and the the skill of these players. It was just to see like, I think Platt must, uh, Platt, season four Platt went to Sampdoria, I think. And 
I can't remember. Anyway, it so might he, have been he, he went to Sampdoria. Yeah, because then he was a Bari, or was it Juventus? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. he might have been in that team. Yeah. yeah, it was his first season in Genoa. And, you know, that team with Platt, Hullet, Lombardo, Pagliuca, Vierkabod. Oh, God, that's so Mancini, good. Mancini, <laughs> the captain. And it was it was a fantastic team. I mean, they had Sven as their coach. Yeah. And just, they were really, I mean, that was a top, top team, which probably, they won the league in, um, in 1991. Yeah, it's a big They winter. were probably, should have won it again in that period because they're such a great side. Um, I mean, they came, they were sort of Milan's closest challengers that season, um, but they just never sort of ever thought they were going to overhaul them. But um, they beat Milan in Genoa, but they, um, you know, they, they were a fantastic team and they should have, um, they didn't quite fulfill their potential because they, they could have been one of the great, great sides. Maybe they were just one player short of, of that they didn't have a sort of a, a sort of lethal striker if you like who you know they had Viali left and they had a fully fit Viali that season they possibly could have won the league because Milan weren't as strong as they had been in previous years and they were just to see a team like that as, a, as your introduction to Italian football was was really um made it sort of the start of my love with 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 the game in Italy because it it, it was it was an incredible experience um, I think that was two years prior. They just lost to Barcelona in the, champ- in the yeah, European sorry. Cup final at Wembley. Um, yeah, that that's um, I, I read about that Samp side, and if anyone listens to the Gentleman Ultra podcast, they they did a bit on Samp. Uh, I think just not so long ago, at the beginning of the year, I think one of the games they had was Samp Inter, where yeah, Samp won at the San Siro, which meant they w- was a step closer to winning the Scudetto that season. Mm. Um, just wanted to ask, did you manage to go out on any other games to watch in Italy? Yes. Yeah, I did. Um, I I actually I still go to yeah as many get I'd, I'd still try and go out one season if i can to yeah. wherever but i went to see roma play milan in stadio olimpico the following season which was a nil nil draw which wasn't a great game which was a bit disappointing um i went to see interplay lazio a few years later at, at the san siro i was i went on another trip and um i'm trying to remember who was inter manager it was in 98 I honestly can't remember off the top of my head, but um, they lost five three at home to Lazio, and they were five one down at one point. Oh my so god! <laughs> you can imagine the ultras were sort of none too pleased about any of this. But I went to that game, was and that was just bef- that was the start of Lazio's great era. You know when they were winning trophies every yeah. year and they won the league, and that was I think. Um, that was just after um, Mancini had gone to Lazio to play for Lazio. Um, and it was just um, it was an amazing match. It was just it was just incredible. Some of the, some of the goals were amazing, and Aaron Vinter scored an amazing goal for Inter against his old side, and it was incredible. So I went to that. I've been to um, a few Juventus games. Um, I don't know really. I've just it. I sort of with COVID, I haven't obviously been for a while, and um, I just. If I can, I'd go out because I'll probably go to Rome um, later in the year because I'm, I've got a friend in Rome. So I'll probably go to that weekend, Rome or Lazio, whoever's at home. 
but yeah it's just it's just such a different experience even now you know the the color and the passion is just it's very different still from english football oh god yeah uh so i've just looked this up so it was inter 3 lazio 5 october 1998 uh sven assisted by tord grip and Mancini definitely scored in that game. I think Salas scored as well in that game. Uh, yeah, so Salas, Aaron Winter, Sergio Concesal, who's now the Porto manager, uh, yeah. Roberto Mancini, Concesal, Ned Ved, and Nicola Ventola with two goals at the end. He was a great player. Actually. He was. Um, and Diego Simeone got sent off. Shock. Yeah, I don't remember yeah, that. Yeah, and so did Pavel Nedved. <laughs> so it was 10v10, two red cards. And the inter manager was Luigi Simeone course he was and then he got sacked that season yeah he got sacked because they nearly won the league the year before there was the famous ronaldo penalty yes. and the other end that. i wanted to come on to that actually right come <laughs> on to that yeah. yeah sure that was a good good segue so it was juve into the famous was it martigliano and ronaldo incident yep. um oh, how much was that a backlash and this is was it crazy as the scenes were in italy like in the newspapers and stuff like that oh, and no yeah it, how was that basically just just to give your listeners a sort of taste of the feeling going to that game so you know what mm. why there was so much anger that season um juventus had played udinese at home udinese at nil nil had had a goal disallowed that was about a foot over the line when it was nil nil and lost 4-1 Empoli had scored a goal against Juventus which was cleared off the line but was clearly over the line and Juventus had just won a big match at Lazio 1-0 and Juliano funnily enough had not been punished for a handball so there were three big incidents that have all gone their way and Italian football being Italian football there were obviously plenty of suspicions as Mm, to the benefits. what's going on yeah so, week 31 of 34, Juventus against Inter in Turin, um, and there's, I, don't, I think there was two, I honestly can't remember how many points between them there were, but it was neck and neck. The whole season they were neck and neck. It was a phenomenal season. And they, so it's this huge occasion, and we're, it's a, it, there's no, it was late in the season, so there's no night matches, so it was, Daytime match, so we're on air with it, and it's a very tense game. And Del Piero got a goal in the first half, and it was one nil. And and Juventus did what Juventus do, and and you know they had the goal. They sat back because you know how strong they are defensively, positionally, yeah. and and could Ronaldo and his teammates break them down. And then in about the 65th minute. The ball drops in the penalty area. Ronaldo gets body checked by Juliano. No penalty. So Inter incandescent with rage, bearing in mind what's happened the previous weeks. Yeah. Within 15 seconds, Del, Del Piero goes down the other end in, in, the, in the other penalty area. Um, possibly a foul by Toribio West, but very theatrical. Penalty given, and literally all hell broke loose. It was like nothing I've ever seen in a football field. I sort of in the book I called it the most controversial 15 seconds in Italian football history, and I I can't think of anything else that could come close to it. With two major decisions, both of them wrong, 
um, the referee, um, I can't remember his name, but I did write it in the book. Um, anyway, it's in the book. Referee. <laughs> <laughs> um, still said after the game in years to come, it wasn't a penalty. It, it, I made the right decision. I made the right call. Um, but, he was completely body checked in the area, and it it's was a, it's just, a foul, yeah. It wasn't what had gone on before, just that. It wasn't just the Ronaldo incident. It was the fact it all went to the other end, and it for an, basically it was not a penalty, and he gave that. And Simone got sent off. I, well, you've seen the scenes. I mean, I, I've, <laughs> I've never seen. Ever, I mean, it. It just all kicked off, and there were, the referee completely lost control of the situation. He was dishing cards out, and he he had no idea how to bring the situation under control at all. Um, so justice was done when Del Piero missed the penalty, which was a very rare thing for him to do. But the following day, um, there were literal fights in the Italian Parliament. I mean, this <laughs> is not. There were fights, and. Basically, um, headline exec was basically the referee said, what have you done? And it was literally it was like the whole league stopped because it was so um, it was so wrong what had happened. And everyone had their suspicions that Juventus got preferential treatment from referees. But, you know. Doesn't mean Inter had also been on the receiving end of a few a few good decisions that season the following the week preceding that game Inter played Udinese and that was a great Udinese side with with Bierhoff and I think it's um, Marcio Amoroso and Clancy and Stefano Fiore and they they were a good side and Inter beaten them with two late goals but Udinese were denied a definite penalty in that game and so they they it's not like they hadn't been on the receiving end of favorable decisions but it sort of felt like you know what people suspected had just happened that day and it was it, it was just a the tragedy of all was it was just um it, it wasn't a good look for italian football on what was one you know the, should have been a, a, a just a real great day for italian football to showcase it to the world with ronaldo del piero you know the big hits all on all on show and it, it, it the tragedy of all is it's remember for the wrong reasons because that that Juventus side was a great great mm. side it, it cast a shadow over that season yeah because didn't uh, the, the season before they got to Champions League final against Borussia they got two straight two, ones two straight, straight ones yeah ones. and, and Real, Madrid. Real Madrid in Amsterdam yeah I've just looked up the referee it's Piero uh, if I botch this is it Ceccarini yes Piero yeah. Ceccarini I, I, yeah. I couldn't remember his name yeah, the headline was Ceccarini, What have you done? <laughs> that, was a, that was summed it up, really. Um, I would advise anyone to search the the incident on YouTube if they can. It is plastered all over, and it's just one of the worst incidents you will see in Italian football. There's probably been worse since, but yeah, during that time, it was just a, it was a bit carnage and chaotic. Um, I wanted to talk about. I just I've got about three or four more questions before we wrap this up. Um, so you had the Juventus. You had like a couple of cycles during the during the football Italia years. You had AC Milan at the start. You had that great Juventus team. You also had that great Parma team as well, who were winning trophies left, right, and centre, but not really getting any further in the league. And they, they were so unlucky not to 
to, to pip Juventus on a couple of times and then you had Lazio and then at the end you had Juventus who had the two Roman teams winning it like at the I would say at the end of the decade and just going into the 2000s um, which which sides were your favourites to watch and like to cover on Football Italia? Yeah I mean that Milan team right at the very start the second season the Milan, it was sort of the beginning of the decline without Van Basten. Yes, to that, that injury. That Milan yeah. team with Van Basten was just nigh on unbeatable. Mm. Um, the and I would say that Roma team was a great team. Yeah. To watch and and it all started with you know they brought in Capello the season before and then Batistuta was the final piece of that jigsaw. You know they had him and suddenly they were a title winning team mm. and. The football they played that season was, you know, phenomenal, and they were worthy, worthy winners that year. And they were, they were just, um, you know, the, the the front three: Totti, Batistuta, Montella. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, these players were just um, phenomenal. And it was, it, you know, they always say that for for Roma, it's um, winning a title in Rome is is so hard and the, mm. the stats would would sort of back that up and you know there's so much pressure it's like that season for Rome was like living in a goldfish bowl because yeah. they were ahead they were on top the whole season and they must have been under so much pressure to finally deliver because you know they hadn't won a Scudetto in goodness knows how many years and they were on the brink and they held it together so well you know they had to go to Juventus late on in the season. Yeah, May. Yeah, and they were two goals down in seven minutes at the start mm. of the game, and drew two all with goal in the last minute. Great goal uh, as well. What was it? Nakata and Montella. Nakata's goal was outstanding. And just remember, he came on for Totti with about half hour left. Yeah, and he scored that goal, and then Van der Van der Sar yeah. still won last minute of injury time and Del Vecchio scored and that that was it then um, and actually in that the end of that season Carlo Ancelotti was sacked at half time in the final game was that for Juventus for Juventus yeah. he was sacked at half time jeez uh, <laughs> wow <laughs> chaotic that Juventus that lippy Juventus team yeah. and the team Definitely. Parma team were great to watch. That Parma team of the, the late 90s that just picked yeah, up all the silverware were. for like the Copper Italians in Europe. With Chiesa's father. Yeah. Enrico Chiesa, yeah. Yeah. I think there may be a third generation coming up soon. I think uh, Federico's brother is in the Fiorentina. I think he's in the Fiorentina Primavera squad. I don't know if he was a ball boy a couple of years ago. I think, do you remember when he celebrated a goal and he ran over to him and yeah, he was a ball boy? But yeah, God. It, yeah, his father was one hell of a player for Palmer and Fiorentina. Can you imagine how much he'd be worth now? Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's just, it's, oh. He was different. He was a centre forward, though. He yeah. was different. He was different. Whereas Chiesa can play there. He, he, you know, he's a wide, wide player. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, um, he was, he was for not, he was, he was one of my favourite players to watch because he, he could score all types of goals inside the penalty area, outside the penalty area. You know, he could, he, he was lethal. And that partnership with Crespo, you know, it was just phenomenal. 
And then Crespo went to, what was it, Lazio, Inter. Went to Lazio. Yeah, to say, I went to a plethora of clubs and come over here for England at Chelsea. Um, yeah. I, I got a couple other questions. Yeah, um, sure. We talked about this pre-pod, and I wanted to talk about this. I was thinking about this at the end. Um, so Roma versus Palmer at the end of that season, where Roma did yes. win the Scudetto. It's quite infamous for Channel 4, and if you watch Football Italia in the years, and I was thinking about this not so long ago, I was thinking, did it really happen? Did they really cut the feed off five minutes from the end? Yes, they did. Yeah. And I just wanted to get your thoughts about it and get your story yeah. about it. Yeah, so basically it was um, we had a, a pretty strict off-air time on Channel 4 because it's not like it is today. It's... Um, it, it's not a sports channel. It's an. It's they have sports on it, but it's never a sort of dedicated sports channel. Mm. And obviously, Italian football is a big deal for them. And there wasn't a lot of sport. I mean, there was racing, which often we would be prioritised ahead of us. Some weeks. Yeah, that was on the Saturdays, but, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So you know, and we were told, you know, we have to be off at a certain time, we have to be off at a certain time because it's not like on Sky now, where events going on, you stay for however long it is it's not a sports channel, so they wanted us off by such and such time, we kept trying to push it back and push it back and push it back, in the meantime we've got this game, and which is pausing every 30 seconds, mm. because um, the Roma fans keep invading the pitch because of their excitement at finally winning this title and in, in the end we had to we had to go because there was nothing we could have done. We had to get off air. It was a real, it was, you know, it actually turned out to be the final live game because the following season, yeah, that happened, which yes. was the highlight show. Yeah. So it was really sad, but it was, it was sort of out of our hands really. There's nothing we could have done. We pushed it as much as we could. And we had, it was a strict sort of getting off air because this is the football slot. And then we have whatever after you and we can't push things back such indefinitely so it was just the way it all worked out sadly yeah so that was the the basically the finale finale that was the final ever game to be shown on channel four was the roma palmer game yeah that's that's crazy and it you didn't uh was it three it was three one but it was three nil at the time did they show, they didn't they missed the palmer goal right at the end if i know if, if i remember or was it did they show it i think I'm sure we showed the Palmer goal. Palmer goal, but because of the carnage and the chaotic scenes where everyone oh, just was, kept stopping. Yeah, pitch invasion. Yeah, stopped because we had quite the slot we had had time for a match with plenty of injury time and another part to round up. Yeah, so there was loads of time, and it just kept stopping and stopping and stopping. And you know, <laughs> what can you do? I know. It's not yeah. a sports channel. Um, my final question is that the finale. So. It was. It stopped the game. Stopped showing, and uh, I was pretty bummed out at the time. And then you had, as you said, the highlight show. Did you guys continue showing Mezzanotte? I, I remember you guys did uh, to a time, and then it stopped. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, um, when did you guys? Excellent. When did you guys yeah, feel just... that feel that the end? The end was nigh, and the sadly. The era of football well, Italia was as you'll over. see in the book, they moved they moved our production up to Leeds, so it became oh, a regional God. production. Oh, wow. Which sort of which sort of meant that it was pretty low up low down in the packing order. Yeah. And at the end of that contract they sort of decided enough was enough and they sort of felt it had run its course, which was obviously their decision. Um 
So yeah, Mezzanotti finished because we didn't. After a few, after a while, we didn't get um, the night game. We didn't get the full tech. You know, the whole match sent yeah. to us because of the the contract changed and we couldn't get it anymore. But another thing I wrote in the book, I did a deal with a Swedish company based in the UK, and we'd send them loads of our features for the live game. Yeah. And in exchange, they'd send me a full match recording of the night game. That's, that, yeah. Um, and so I, I struck this deal with them. So we'd still get, so it, it obviously helped us because we were sort of limited with the highlights we've been given. We've given like eight or nine minutes of highlights from Rye. And yeah. now we, um, we had the whole match so we could show much more of that because the coverage was so much better in the mm. nine games. Um, so yeah, so that, Metsonotti finished after a few years. And then obviously these games were covered at length in, in the Gazette. So yeah. it, wasn't, it went off, obviously given the name, it went out so late. It was, it was, you know, obviously not that many people were going to watch it, but, um, and I think not that many people are, are that interested anymore in watching a, a highlight show with one match of 45 minutes. Yeah. People, people what don't do want that yeah. format. They want shorter highlights and they want, you know, that's, that's just the way of the world. Um, but um, yeah, so that ended, and we sort of covered it in other ways. It was a sad end to yeah. a wonderful story, because um, just a couple of years ago, uh, BT Sport did the the Gazetta documentary, which yeah. was amazing to watch. It just yeah. brought back all nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, I think it was over an Easter weekend, and sadly, just a few days later, we lost uh, Peter Brackley and Ray Wilkins, who yeah. were the, the commentary duo for... Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I remember I was on a train to London to fly out to the States. Um, it was the same day as the Milan Derby which yeah. ended 3-2 and uh, Ray Wilkins sadly passed away due to a heart attack and yeah, yeah it was just sad times and it just brings back all this nostalgia of like the yeah. commentary you hear people they're, they're, they're on air yeah oh amazing. it was fantastic they were just they were just brilliant um, but it, Ray would come on if we're doing a Milan game Ray would literally come on having played for them and say Oh, afternoon, Peter. Um, uh, I do apologise to our viewers if I'm um, if I'm a bit biased towards them, but they are my favourites. <laughs> <laughs> you always say this, having played for them, and it was just that was Ray, you know. And, yeah. And Peter Brackley would would wind him up as much as as humanly possible. And if someone passed sideways and you know didn't pass forwards, and then someone kept passing, I would say, "Oh, playing like Ray Wilkins or something," <laughs> you know, just but. But in such a great way that it, they just bounced off each other so well. And they were always like, we always tried to get Ray because he was just this energy on screen with, with Brackers was just phenomenal. And it was, um, God, it was, yeah, and they both passed away. And that's sort of what inspired me to write this book was when I went to Peter Brackley's funeral because, you know, it brought back, you know, I thought, God, this really is an end of an era. And sort of it never was given its sort of you know it's it's tribute because it just came off the air and the final show james said we may be here we may not be here and we weren't so it's sort of nice to sort of bring back the memories of that era because it people love nostalgia and it's a real nostalgic time for football fans whether people didn't had never watched italian football before and now they they still 20 years on talk about the show yeah I'd, I'd try and find old clips on youtube uh like, like i said I, like in lockdown i would i felt when 
James Richardson put some old stuff on there. I was like, I'm, I'm spending an afternoon. <laughs> I'm spending a Saturday when there's no football on. I'm watching some old Gazetta. Uh, I know someone else has been putting some stuff on now. I think he had it on tapes and then he's converted it onto onto YouTube. And yeah, it's, it's brilliant to watch. Uh, I just love Peter Brackley just to uh, just hear Ravenelli and it, oh, yeah. yeah, it's brilliant. He was amazing. He was, yeah. Um, Jonathan, I, I just want to say thank you very much no for problem. joining me no about this. Um, if you're like me, uh, grew up watching Football Italia. It's, this has been a, a trip down memory lane. And I've got your book is next to my my other laptop, and I will be reading the rest of it during the week and during the next couple of weeks just to get it through because it's just going to bring back so much memories about it. Um, Jonathan, thank you very much. If you wanted to plug your, your socials yeah. and plug this book, which has been, yeah, so, been out. Yeah, go lots of the football Italian years. It's all about working on the show, but you know a, a lot about the the era that it was. You know the golden era with all these star players and just such a great time in Italian football. If you're feeling nostalgic and it's a real nostalgic trip down memory lane, it's nine ninety nine on Amazon and seven ninety nine from the Kindle store. So that's Galazzo, the football Italian years, and it's got a lovely picture of Alessandro Del Piero in that. Uh, it does is it? The D plus uh, yeah, shirt. Super. I want Italian Super Cup. Yeah, ninety hours. Got injured. Yeah, uh, celebrating his goal like he used to with it, the mouth wide open, and then yeah, it's a unique celebration. Um, guys, you can follow me at, at Scott underscore Monroe. You can follow the La Magicast podcast at La Magicast. And you can follow us on lamagicast.com where we all have the previous episodes from the past. Um, I will probably be doing a review of the weekend's action, the crazy weekend action in Serie A, but I only watched the Roma Empoli game because that's all I wanted to watch. Um, Jonathan, thank you very much for joining me on this Tuesday afternoon. We managed to squeeze so much into an hour. Yeah. Um, Yes. It's so much time. Uh, We didn't even talk about what we other things that i wanted to talk about because i was i'm recording this during my lunch hour (laughs) 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 well we wanted to record so much i wanted to talk about so much about football italia but thank you very much again jonathan for joining me thanks so much thanks scott it's been a pleasure